Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Diversity Ally the Podcast. This week's special guest is Rick Stainton, founder and group executive director of Smile Group and founder of One Industry, One Voice. He talks with Diversity Ally co-founder Shanti about the work Smile undertook with Diversity Ally and why they recognised that this work was so vital. We also touch on the vision for One Industry, One Voice and why unifying the industry was and is the key to showing society the power of events and to attracting new, diverse talent to our wonderful sector. Smile engaged Diversity Ally for support and guidance with their diversity and inclusion strategy. They underwent a full audit process with us and training and came away with a roadmap and some tangible goals for the next 12 months. And we can't wait to catch up with them in 12 months time to see exactly how they've got on. Smile as an agency were an absolute joy to work with and they were our first clients so will always hold a special place in our heart. We really hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shanti. Good to be here. We do, we do think it's really important, though, to have some of our clients on, talk to you, really, so people can hear from you about the work that you've been doing. As you know, for us, and you know, in the industry in general, we need to have more of these case studies, these conversations um, about what's happening in real time when it comes to diversity and inclusion. 100%, yeah. So... Let's start then at the beginning. Um, we obviously met Smile a while ago. And tell us a little bit about Smile as an organization and kind of where you were at when it came to diversity and inclusion. So Smile is a creative agency that's been going 17, 18 years. Um, we have about 110, 120 full-time employees. Um, our main sort of work is across, you know, live hybrid and virtual experiences now with a massive focus obviously on on creativity and innovation and um, we do it around the world for some of the biggest global brands um, which is is brilliant you know and exciting for us um, and 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 what's quite rare about smile is um, our, our range and genre of of different sectors that we work in you know we're in in sports with the Ryder Cup opening ceremony we're doing large activations at Mobile World Congress and Davos World Economic Forum as well as Abbey Road Studios and experiential activations in the gaming sector, but we also do pharmaceutical conferences and congresses, uh, internal comms, external comms. We do a huge amount of, of streaming and, and, and obviously virtual and hybrid activations for our moving image um, uh, team as well. And uh, yeah, you know, we're very fortunate to have won Agency of the Year seven times, I think, in the last 12, 13 years across sort of uh, drum campaign experiences cnit evcom and uh also very fortunate and very humble to have won best places to work yeah. uh, last year uh, as well in the industry um so yeah it's uh we've got an amazing team of, of incredible event professionals some of the best talent in the industry and um from a diversity equity and inclusion perspective it was something that we were very aware of perhaps um the the challenge and opportunity. I think we took it as both. Um, we had a challenge because effectively me and Matt, two middle-aged, slightly younger when we set it up, white males, uh, set up set up Smile in 2003, four, And um, and our, our leadership um, has maintained that sort of trait, frankly, um, as have most of our peers and competitors for, for, for many 
many years. Um, and, uh, you know, today uh, our staff are 53% female and 47%, 47% male, but our leadership team particularly um, was not representative perhaps of both um, what we felt was more important and more relevant to the external audience and society generally. Yeah. Um, and not only from a, a sex orientation, but also from perhaps a, an unrepresented background orientation as well. Um, uh, which we do have, we do have a number of, 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 of our smilers now very much from that and increasingly I'm happy to say, but it was not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. And we recognized it for a number of years uh, through, through one thing and another, we didn't really have a plan. We didn't have a focus on it as strong as we should do. Um, we were very strong on culture anyway, um, and we're very strong on sustainability. You know, we had teams set up, culture club teams, planet small teams, and this was uh, a weaker link and it wasn't good enough. So um, we had a, a strong plan led by Dom, our MD, um, to, to address that and just make ourselves equally relevant, perhaps, in, in the current marketplace and as a, as a business that wants to do good in the world um, to address it and, and to um, improve it and to have a go on a journey. Um, and we're very excited to be on that now with your support. And, you know, we're already developing huge amounts of different processes and and, yeah. and, uh, um, and effort, proper effort and focus top down and all the way through the business. So it's really exciting. It is exciting. And one of the things, you know, it's really interesting when you talked about all of the accomplishments and achievements over what isn't a very long period of time either, Rick, you know, as a, as a business that's founded to get to this stage now, there's some great achievements and accomplishments there. And one of the things that has always struck me is how forward thinking and um, brave as a leadership team you are to keep going for these opportunities. Because of course, we, we're all still living really in a, in a pandemic. And yet you decided to embark on this challenge and opportunity during a pandemic. Tell us a little bit about how you as a leadership board made that decision and decided to prioritize something like this when quite often what we've seen is companies have kind of let these kind of cultural pieces drop. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the heart and soul of Smile. I mean, I've always talked about positive paranoia, uh, which is something that from day one I always had. You know, Matt and I would wake up every morning when we're living off air and um and trying to sort of you know meet meet the uh, meet the bills at each every end of each month and celebrate successes but always have an ambition to be better the next day yeah. and always want to lead um you know i mean 2014 or something it was way before sustainability was was current and and topical we were setting up things like the sustainable event summit across the industry to get people to engage with it understand it we got clients involved um, from a tech innovation perspective, from a culture innovation, we've always been hugely strong in striving to lead. And that's been a driving ambition across not just Matt and I, but Dom, Andrew, when they were a big part of the, the, the leadership team um, and still are, but, but there was the four of us running the, the business for sort of 10, 15 years before we, in 2018, expanded the leadership team yeah. in conjunction with a private equity deal. And um, we've always wanted to do the right thing and lead and have an ambition to be at the forefront of, of trends and almost create them in a way, or, or at least um, be recognized as, as trying to realize our potential effectively. Yeah. And I think never waste a good crisis, right? You know, um, <laughs> the pandemic made us readdress, I think everyone readdressed pretty much everything in their lives, whether it was their careers, their well-being, what was important to them, what the future would look like coming out of it. 
So that was probably a key spark of of of, of kicking us up the butt, frankly, mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that this was something that was sort of there, but we had to be really focused on it, like we had growth, or like we had our talent, like we had our culture, like we had sustainability, like we had um, the innovation and the creativity to present to our clients, delivering on excellence. There was there was a missing, well, there was probably still are, but that was a key missing piece yeah. to being a fit for purpose, forward leading. Uh, agency in in the future of our industry um, not only in the UK but representing it globally as well so a huge amount of our work is overseas so it was was clear yeah no that's really interesting and thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes you know other organizations you know assume that it's an easy thing to do but actually it required taking time out bringing together your managers, your stakeholders to run some of the training sessions that we ran during what was a very challenging time for all in the industry. It's so, it's an incredibly sensitive topic. You know, c- culture is 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 about promoting um, opportunities and, and and everyone engaging and adding value to the business through their own individual personalities and so on. Sustainability is about doing things better and striving for innovation and improving um the, the, or, or should I say reducing the impact on the environment improving the benefits of communities whereas diversity equity inclusion is something that is seemed to be a lot more difficult a lot more sensitive there isn't really a road map that's clear and you're always always scared of doing it wrong yes. and and saying the wrong thing and going down a path that is is naive and almost inadvertently upsetting to people because yeah. you're you're, you're picking at something that everyone sort of is aware of, but doesn't really know the route, yeah. the road map to go down. And it's a scary thing. But we're, we're a very brave, as you say, agency. And <laughs> yeah. we took it head on and, and actually are really proud. And it was, it was easy in a way to take it head on because of that background we were, foundation we were building upon. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and, and now we're sort of at the start of it. And it's one of the hardest things is to start, like they say, with anything. Um, it's empowering, it's invigorating, it's hugely feels right. Um, and it's sort of, certainly for me, from sort of having led the team for many years, almost embarrassing that we didn't address it earlier, but we don't want to beat ourselves up over that because right. we're not alone. In fact, yes. we're in the exactly. majority there. Um, no, and I think just accepting that is, fair, is, is a fair thing to do and not beat yourself up over it. Well, exactly. And thank you for sharing some of those sentiments because actually you touched on the next question I had for you, which is, although you are, as an organisation, brave, Talk a little bit about how it felt for you as a founder, as a director, you're a human being amongst all of this. Kind of what thoughts, quite honestly, did you have before some of the conversations that we we facilitated internally? Well, I felt hugely responsible um, for the fact that we weren't already at the most diverse or the most, um, you know, a representative or inclusive business because I'd, been, I'd led the agency for many years. I mean, yeah, it wasn't my fault, but it also was my responsibility. Um, so it was probably for me and several others of the leaders, we, we felt a, you know, a huge amount of responsibility to make things more appropriate for the current and future community and environment that we, we all live in and represent the values of the world um, because that's something that is really important to us, hence my aforementioned mention of culture and sustainability and other elements. Yeah. Um, so it was a massive missing piece to demonstrate that credibly. Yeah. And I, I'd i lived abroad for many years of my life and I'd experienced lots of different types of, of backgrounds and, and cultures and so on. So that was an easier bit for me. But then looking at the Smile family, you know, um, 
a, a, a hugely predominant white family. Um, looking at the leadership, a hugely predominant, as I said, male white mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, leadership team. It, it it was clear that there was a, a challenge there that we had to address, and um, and it was great because you know collectively, you know, they just say mostly by by Dom and, and Emma, our, our head of creative, our creative director and executive creative director, and so on. Um, there was a real will collectively to address it it wasn't pulling anyone along I don't feel and I was I was actually you know um, inspired frankly by people's commitment to it and openness and bravery I suppose to take on difficult conversations whether collectively as a leadership team or as a wider group so yeah I mean I'm um, I'm, I'm being educated as well as being inspired I'm finding it a lot easier to have conversations like this now because I feel it's um it's the right thing to do and and not to beat yourself up about perhaps saying the wrong thing yeah. because um you you just you're on an education process um absolutely absolutely uh, and, and as the outputs start developing and as, and as you start seeing change it's a self-propelling uh journey it's a self-propelling um sort of mission and that's that's just so um rewarding I guess and, yeah. and we're, we're only on the start I mean don't get me wrong we've got a long way to go but we're committed to that long journey yeah absolutely and one of the things that you know I will definitely say is that you know you and I have kind of come into contact at various events since we did that initial training I yeah. mean it's really interesting for me to observe the way now you engage around the topic with such a lot more ease you know it's so nice after we've worked with groups of people particularly senior individuals to see their shoulders drop when, so they yeah. can have these conversations with each other because that's where the power is. I've seen you have conversations with your peers of the same seniority level. And it's it's brilliant because that's how we're going to keep driving this mission of getting the you know the, the industry to be open and just talk about it. Um so that's the power of conversation. And let's talk just a little bit around how we structured these pieces because we did sessions with the directors. We did one-to-one sessions, which were really quite interesting. And then we did some group sessions. Talk to us a little bit around um, how that added value, how you benefited from being able to have a one-to-one conversation and have a conversation with just your fellow directors and senior managers. Well, I think what was really exciting was the fact that we had someone like yourself who was both a sort of a, a, a consultant, a facilitator, a policeman or woman um, <laughs> and and also a sort of therapist in the same way where you were incredibly uh, sensitive as I think through your experience of understanding how this may or may not be awkward for some people yeah. rather than others and and to open up in front of your peers about a, a, a topic like this and, and a mission like this when you hadn't done that before in front of someone that you didn't know very well like yourselves was actually, you know, quite an object. You had a lot of objectivity, so I, I found it difficult in the first few minutes. But yeah. then, as literally the conversation started, it was a waterfall because obviously people had a lot of pent up thoughts, feelings, um, historic that had been embedded in them, institutionalized perhaps, yeah. um, as well as um, as soon as you started listening to different people's perspective, it, it almost bonded us closer in a way because we were being very open about something that wasn't day-to-day in the business. When you're talking about projects, we're talking about spreadsheets, we're talking about strategy. It was a very much more macro conversation about pe- insight into people's views on the world and the business and how they fit it together. And that was hugely empowering. Um, I learned a lot about my fellow directors and so on um, yeah. through, through how they communicated 
and their personal views and feelings. And also, I mean, you know, you did the audit of the business yeah. to start with, um, and you looked at very much, obviously, training and development opportunities, hiring, recruitment opportunities, and obviously the survey that you did across the whole business, anonymous yeah. survey we did um, alongside the workshops were, you know, the results were incredible um, in a way. And, and uh, in, it, as in, it opened up, um, it opened up the business to the same sort of level of, of, of sharing and yeah. honesty that we'd done at the director level. Um, and you know some of the results of the survey were hugely positive and inspiring and we perhaps had beaten ourselves up too much mm -hmm. worrying about the survey results whereas you know other elements were very clear in in their desire for change yeah. um, but in, in but all delivered in a very sensitive and positive way recognizing the strong culture we already had and the investment in talent and the will to have you know there's a real clear desire for directors down to newest recruits to have sort of the same process um and yeah, that was just, you know, really, yeah. really a great start. Oh, thanks for sharing that. I mean, but the bit that really warms my heart genuinely is about when you talked about feeling bonded with your fellow directors, finding out a bit more about them. Like that is the power really, is once we just tap into that humanity within us all. And you saw the kind of wheels turning as an observer, as a facilitator for me, you all just kind of started talking to each other. There was a section where, you know, I yeah. didn't need to do or say anything because it kind of really, it's like the tide came in and those light bulbs started going off for each of you. And that was a really beautiful moment because it made any of the work we were doing after pretty smooth. We didn't really have to position many things. You just kind of said, yeah, okay, we can, we can do that. And one of the things as well, I think it's really important to point out is that you do have some really talented people in the business. Well, yeah, we're very close to yeah. this piece of work. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, from Dom to Emma to you know uh, across the board. I mean, you know, we've got a, now a, a DNI, a DEI team of yes. I mean, 10, 12 uh, people from all different areas of the business, all different um, uh, backgrounds and and um, experience levels within the industry. Um, and you know, they're now driving similar to sort of our Planet Smile and our sustainability team or our Culture Club team. They're driving our mission and our and our pledges and our our, our, our enhanced um um Forward. sort of vision yeah very much so very much so and um yeah you know let you bear your soul right you know you in front of you know what you probably sort of kept in your head and didn't quite have it clear in your head and you kept in your heart with regards to your feelings you exposed yourself and yeah. and that in itself is um something quite as you say it's powerful it's a beautiful thing and um it can only make you a better person and, 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 and more have more affinity with, with your individual team members and your team. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we're so pleased you, um, award, you were awarded the mark of approval. Yeah, um, thank you for that. Annually, which is brilliant because yeah. you did put the work in and we've got a kind of clear roadmap now um, to help you kind of move forward. And to be honest with you, what I was interested in as well was the fact that this is quite in line with some of the other longer term projects you're involved in, Rick. Tell us a bit of it of the other one, which really is, you know, again, very parallel to some of these diversity and inclusion values. Yeah, I, I guess you're talking about one industry, one voice. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, I mean, that was set up by myself um, uh, last July, August um, in 2020, mid pandemic, when it was very clear from speaking to a lot of my peers around the industry and, and a few contacts I had in other sectors, because we are an industry of sort of quite diverse sectors, yes. whether you've sort of got one end sort of exhibitions and business and corporate events, then to experiential, more consumer facing, through to weddings, through to 
outdoor events and festivals to live music events through to charity and government events and um, sporting mass participation events as well. I mean, there's a, there's a strong, you know, uh, and, and a cultural side as well. So um, they were all delivering sort of campaigns, trying to sort of address, you know, challenges that we're all facing. You know, we were the first to close, probably last to open. We got no government help, sector specific. And there were lots of campaigns sort of trying to get attention, lobby government and so on. Um, which is not really my thing, but but what is my thing is, as, as we've already talked about, ironically, is is sharing and the power of unity and collaboration. And unfortunately, and, and and sort of understandably, because of the legacy of our industry being sort of quite diverse, not really that 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 unified, um, for about you know 20, 30 plus years, the campaigns were sort of bumping into each other, quoting different different stats and data. Um, and, and and often at the same time lobbying the same people and it was just confusing for the industry internally as event professionals and obviously for the government and the media so anyway yeah i basically just contacted literally as many people as i could from key festival promoters to key organizers and sports rights holders through to you know, sort of my peers and the sort of more sort of corporate creative and experiential industry um through to all the main associations that represented there's over 100 associations representing all these different sectors of you know one and a half million event professionals and got a task force together and said look is there a is there a mission here is there an opportunity here to just work better together and facilitate conversations share our challenges and if we are doing campaigns just make sure they work a bit better together for the benefit of everybody um and 100 percent was yes was the answer so you know very much moving on a year 18 months on um, we've created lots of different campaigns, particularly the one that we're in on Voice did was called We Create Experiences. We've got a huge amount, 40, 50 celebrities involved from all different sectors to do video pieces. And we created a big video. It got well over a million views now, I think, and a huge amount of national and social media press. And uh, there was other great campaigns that were done by the NTIA Nighttime Association or live music section or We Make Events and, and others. Um, that were all sort of had similar missions, but coming from slightly different sectors, specific, yeah. but sectors, sector areas. So now we have a plan going forward, which we're just literally starting to present to head of associations, head leaders in businesses, from sort of you know the key promoters in the festival scene to sports rights holders to charity leaders to business leaders in all the different sectors and associations to uh, galvanise this into a more sort of independently funded um, organisation that can actually sit alongside or behind all the associations and business leaders to have more understanding and proper credible representation of the power of events, the yeah. most um, incredible medium for inspiring people's lives, for physical and mental well-being, for adding value to the economy, people's careers, to creating amazing research drug um, results because of sort of congresses and pharmaceutical symposiums to yeah. the amazing experiences have at sport and music events to raising money for charity to launching new products. I mean, the the impact of events Huge. is very misunderstood and, and, and undervalued versus perhaps similar sized sectors. So alongside that, and I won't talk to the details of that because we're going to be going launching that hopefully when the funding comes through in the, into the new year. But the, the feedback we've got from, again, all these sort of task force members and other many, I've presented it to 40, 50 different people over the last three or four weeks has been 99.9% .9 sort of, yeah, we totally need that. We need collaboration and communication hubs so that everyone really answers the question, where do you go to start to understand the events industry? Where's the one place you can start and then signpost out to all these areas? And secondly, data. We need yeah. proper big data to back up the proper credible, credible representation of the power of events, the impact on 
businesses, communities, the economy, people's careers, well-being. And we need proper big data collated in a credible way. And that's where we're doing it in conjunction with the University of Surrey, um, who have amazing uh, research centre that's been used uh, by the IOC and Team GB and so on. So there's an independent sort of support there for the industry. And also the key element of that is it's about being more investable industry for new talent. Yes. And, you know, if you're an undergraduate, I presented to the University of Surrey students yesterday at the event management course, which is rated number one in Europe. And they are clearly very excited about joining such a diverse and, and interesting and, and um, uh, many different genres in our industry that you can engage with, but equally completely worried about the impact that COVID had on it yeah. and whether there's actually a career for them out there. Yeah. And is the power of events going to return as it was pre-COVID? Um, the answer is very simply yes. And we're all seeing the mass recovery now and the power of events being remembered and, yeah. and activated by brands and, and other institutions. But um, I sat in that, I sat in that, well, I did it by Zoom. Um, over 50% of the students were, 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 were female from what I could see from the audience. And at least 50%, and I'm only guessing because I said I wasn't there, were from underrepresented backgrounds. And then I turn around and look at the industry generally, and I look at Smile or any other of my you know, peers or whatever, or most of them, I careful what I say there, it did not represent what I saw in that room of the future generation of event professionals. And it just reminded me and reassured me of Why the long journey that we, Smile, and the industry has to go. Because when you now look at our clients and you look at our audiences that we're delivering these events for, it's that sort of similar yes. breadth of representation whether it's through, you know, through race or through sexual orientation or disabled people or ages or whatever, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just there. So we need to be more fit for purpose and industry to represent the future generation, their aspirations and understanding of what the world should be, as well as the current and future range of our audiences and our client base that Absolutely. Have, have, Absolutely. Have, have heightened aspirations and missions and want that to be represented in the way that they deliver events and are sensitive to that and um, that's a massively exciting opportunity that's it huge it is and of course as you know it's, it's you know hearing you talk about this is exactly almost word for word what we talk about you know around diversity and inclusion and the future of the industry it's about yeah. let's get that data let's create some structure and somebody has to be the custodian who takes responsibility to drive it forward, to bring other people along with. And that's exactly what our mission is here. And it's just beautiful to hear somebody else talk about the breadth of the industry, the importance and significance of the industry. And that's why we believe at Diversity Ally that the events industry is going to be key for driving diversity in society and in our community because of that reach. Well, the power of events is so is such a physical and mental interaction, unlike any other medium, and it can change behaviour. It can win hearts and minds like no other medium. It's it's so powerful, and that's not clearly understood enough by government or media or just the public, perhaps. And what's the most important event of your life? Your wedding. What's the one? What's the thing you put in your diary at the beginning of the year to, to look Birthdays. forward to? It's probably going to. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to a, a um, you know a major festival. It's probably going to that massive product launch you've been working on for years in your career. It's probably going to a sporting event like a, a massive yeah. map. It could we're be the fact you're going to run the London Marathon, whatever. Yeah. And they're all events industry delivered, you know, and yeah. um, and and people perhaps don't really understand internally the power of what they're delivering as well as externally that there's a massive yeah. amazing industry behind it Absolutely. and ultimately you know um we're going to come more more um 
sustainably and environmentally sensitive. We're going to get more sensitive to um, diversity and inclusion because that's what society wants. And the majority of them are in a good place and realizing that that makes us more vibrant and it gives us more creativity because of the backgrounds that people are coming from um, in, in all different guises add value because of their perspective rather than it being one proportion of society trying to devise creativity yeah. and solutions and if you get that wrong it looks really old school and yeah. out of date and not representative and not relevant if you get it right audiences and the public or corporate brands are like yes that's that's what we need to showcase for the future because that's where we're going and that's our our brand values yeah. so um, absolutely you've got to have the right people around you to to devise and deliver that really 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 um true so thank you rick for joining us um on this particular episode it's been a pleasure and um, thank you for being so open and sharing because i know lots of your peers will be wondering what it's really like when you start getting into this dni when you embark on the journey what's the reality and you know those fears and anxieties as well as excitement um we just kind of thank you for sharing kind of what that was like for smile Oh, you're welcome. It's amazing. And thanks for all your hard work with this and uh, may it continue. Are you struggling with your diversity and inclusion strategy? If so, we have got you covered. Whether that's through our workshops, consultancy or events, we can help you with how to have uncomfortable conversations, how to be an ally in the workplace, hiring and retaining diverse talent, creating inclusive workplaces, inclusive leadership, diversifying your supply chain, and how to plan diverse, inclusive and accessible events. Why not book in a discovery call with one of the team at Diversity Ally? Contact details are in the show notes.